really normal and a good thing to have connections with other people that highlight other parts of your life. And that conversation continued until we actually decided to be open. Oh, okay. I I was going to say, I've totally seen you both on dating apps. (laughs) 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 Just had to get that out of the way, you know. Welcome back to another episode of Bisexual Behavior. I'm your host, Talia Cass, and I'm excited to bring another episode to you. Since we've been recording monthly, I feel like so much has been going on, so I have a lot to report back. First is that Taylor Swift released her 10th studio album called Midnights. I've been prepping for this album for so long, listening to so much angsty girl pop music. Um, And while this may not necessarily be gay news, it is like questionably queer. If you're a Taylor Swift fan, you've probably heard of Gaylers, um, which are, you know, fans who think Taylor Swift is secretly gay. There's a lot of uh, creators who talk more about this in depth with, like, Taylor potentially being queer. But, you know, if she does decide to come out one day, I totally support it. Definitely lots of queer vibes from her, uh, especially as she announced her uh, Eras tour, which is basically a sapphic pride fest so she has artists like phoebe bridgers girl in red muna all of which are openly lgbtq artists that are opening for her tour um so i'm like anxiously ready to get some tickets they go on sale in mid-november but i don't want to spend too much time talking about taylor i do want to talk a little bit more about some other openly bisexual artists who released some albums this year because 2022 has been a great year for new music. I've been diving into a lot of different stuff. Um, I wanted to specifically highlight my favorite album of the year, Gemini Writes by Steve Lacey. Steve is like a um, R&B hip-hop artist who is openly bisexual. Um, actually, in his last album, he had a song called Like Me that I was like listening to I was while I was driving to work one day, and he talked about liking multiple genders and feeling like there's not other people that are like him and I remember I was driving and then like had to quickly like search Steve Lacey gay question mark or Steve Lacey queer and turns out he is in fact queer and we love to see it Gemini Rights is so so good he's on tour right now and I failed to get tickets to it because they sold out immediately um but I highly recommend you listen to him he actually was just on SNL as well Another great album that came out is Laurel Hell by Mitski. I believe she's also openly bi, um, but that was another great album. And of course, Dirt Femme by Tovlo. I think that's how you say it, Tovlo. Um, but yeah, another great queer artist, very femme pop heavy, um, love to see it. I know there are tons of other bi artists out there and especially ones that have maybe released music this year. If you have any that you want to shout out, feel free to reach out to me and I can definitely put them on Instagram in some way. Anyway, so that's uh, what's been going on this month. Um, I'm actually recording this the day of election day, so I am filled with a bunch of voter anxiety. I hope everyone got out there and voted. Um, I'm excited to bring this episode to you. I got to interview Laura Johnson, who's a singer, songwriter, and poet. I met Laura, um, honestly, like six months ago. She is currently dating one of my friends from high school. I also learned about, you know, her past growing up in the church. We talk a little bit about growing up religious and how that's affected her life, affected her coming out. 
So we talk a little bit about her relationship as well um, and how she navigates being in a straight passing relationship and uh, tries being open, um, being polyamorous, and that journey that she takes as well. It's a really great episode. Um, I do want to say, though, we do talk a little bit about domestic violence. I believe it's about 15 minutes in or so um, where we bring it up, and it only lasts for about five minutes. Um, I'm going to mention in the show notes the timestamp of when we do discuss domestic violence, but just as a content warning, if that's something you don't want to hear, please skip over it. So without further ado, here's Laura. Hey, Laura. Hello. Thank you for joining. I am so sorry that it took forever to get this scheduled, um, but I'm so excited to talk to you. Uh, So for a little bit of background, I met Laura, was it a couple months ago now? Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Yeah. So actually, Laura, you are dating one of my friends from high school. You guys have been together for a couple years. So that's Mm -hmm. really exciting. Um, I am not going to lie. So your boyfriend's name is Jake and he's great. We were in theater together in high school. So um, I always thought, I don't know if I identified that there, I like assumed that there was queerness in him or anything like that, but I felt like something was a little fruity. Turns out he just has bi-wife energy. (laughs) Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, so bi-wife energy is when a bi woman is with a man who is just really supportive, just like just looks like a guy who would date a bi woman. I don't know how to describe it, but there's like this type of man who just ends up with a bi woman and it just makes a lot of sense. And that is what bi wife energy is. And he is the perfect description of that. So yes, he is. <laughs> but he's a great guy. I'm so excited that I got to meet you and we could talk about being bisexual together. So I was so pumped that we could get this going. Um, this is a morning interview. I do have my latte ready to go. Um, (laughs) so I actually just got a, um, espresso machine and I've been like unsufferable ever since. Like if I don't have a morning latte, I am a miserable person. So (laughs) I'm glad that I had time to make this before our interview, but, um, Laura, so you are a, um, you're a singer songwriter musician, and you're also a published poet. Um, so I thought, why don't we go into introductions? Um, I'm just going to quickly kind of share, you know, my name is Talia. My pronouns are she, her. I am a bisexual cis woman, um, and you can use that format, but feel free to introduce yourself. Okay. Yeah. Um, my name's Laura. I use she, her. I am also a bisexual cis woman. Great. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your your music that you produce and um, your poetry and just those interests before we really dive in? Sure. So I have been songwriting since I was like 12, so I'm going on 15 years now. And um, I just, I write about, recently I've been writing a lot about womanhood and um, just the experience of being, that's my cat. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of sounded like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) No babies yet. (laughs) Um, I just recently finished a song about my great grandmother who um, was sort of a, a mystery to our family we lost her maiden name and um she married a man who was not really a good guy um was kind of working for the mob and was drunk and um was abusive and so I was really like interested to know what her maiden name was what her what her like you know looking for her innocence almost um 
and I eventually did find it in a box of my grandfather's things. Um, I found her wedding certificate that had her full name on it. Um, but yeah, I just finished a song about that that I'm really excited about. That's so cool. That's such a cool way to, I don't know, like learn more about your family history and yourself and kind of um, reflect on it through music. What, what a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I saw recently that you posted something about being a published poet and how um, some of your poems are out there. And uh, so how long have you been writing for? Um, so I, I went to school for, for poetry, actually. I went to Houghton College um, and got a degree in writing and communications, but I mostly studied poetry and travel writing and um, songwriting. And I've been publishing, um, having poems published since about that time. Actually, I'm really excited about this anthology that's coming out with a poem of mine. It's called The Spell Jar, and it's a book of poems for modern witches. Oh, cool. It's a whole book of poems? That's Mm -hmm. incredible. Oh, congratulations. Wait, when is that going to be out? Well, so I just, that's um, the anthology. I just have one poem in it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That'll be out um, October 19th, I think. Very cool. I'll keep an eye out for that and share with listeners as well. Um, Very exciting. So, Laura, one thing I like to ask all my guests um, is, what is your most bisexual behavior? Okay, I think, I think probably the fact that I double cuff my jeans and wear platform docks. Yes, it is truly (laughs) such a look. Like, every time I see someone wearing platform docks, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's, that's what's up. (laughs) Actually, I think the first person that we, um, or no, the second person I had on the podcast, he said that his uh, most bisexual behavior was cuffing his jeans. So it is very (laughs) common. I do the same thing. And like, even if I don't need to cuff them, I'm like, I've got to just assert my bisexuality real quick. So (laughs) it's a good way to do that. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So I'd love to hear um, a little bit more about your queer journey. And I follow you on Instagram and I love your posts. You're very open about being bisexual while being in a heterosexual relationship, which is something that, you know, a lot of um, bi people experience, you know, how you can still assert your bisexuality while uh, being in like the, you know, straight looking relationship. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your queer journey when you came out um, and how that shaped who you are? Sure. Yeah, so I came out um, almost three years ago now. It was during the pandemic, and I called a Zoom meeting with all of my family, Um, and they were all worried. I think they were worried I was going to be pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that makes sense. I might be like, what is she announcing right now? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I had, my parents are very Christian, um, so I wasn't sure what to expect. So I, like, wrote, I wrote out my whole, my whole speech about, you know, this doesn't, what I'm going to tell you doesn't change who I am. Um, I'm still the same person that I was 20 minutes ago. And also I was like adamant about having like not having my mom not like mourn the sudden loss she might have because I was like, that's, I mean, that might happen too. Like who knows? <laughs> right. Um, but I wrote a song 
about it. That's that's kind of a theme of my life when I've got some some big conflict um, or something challenging. I usually write about it. And sometimes I put those songs on records and sometimes they're just for me and the people I write them about. Um, so that's an example of one that probably wouldn't be released, um, but it's it's a very sweet song about um, who I am and talking about the, the God that my parents raised me to believe in is one of love and one that does not discriminate when they are, you know, loving people and taking care of them. And that's something I identify with. I don't, um, it doesn't matter to me what a person like looks like. It doesn't matter um, their gender or their lack of gender. I just like people. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I can definitely relate to. And I think um, even between bisexuality and pansexuality, I think one thing we both have in common is that like the gender doesn't really play a huge role and and it's more about who the person is and that you could really be attracted to anyone. So I think that's a really powerful message. Um, So you mentioned also that your your family is, you know, religious. Um, Is that something that's still part of your life? Um, That's a good question. It, it is and it isn't. Um, I'm interested in the female embodiments of divinity that I do see present in, like, say, the Catholic tradition, where you've got the reverence of, of Mary. Um, that's something that has been important to me the last few years. But I'm not really interested in going to a church or um I don't know there's a lot of things about Christianity that I threw out it's kind of a hard question because it it is very important to me like when when Jacob and I moved into our apartment um I put together a liturgy that we could do that had um poems for us to read in every room and like a, a blessing that would go along with it and so I do, I am quite spiritual and it is important to me to integrate the knowledge of divinity like in my life, but I, I definitely don't belong in a Christian like church anymore. Right. And I think a lot of people who grew up with religion, uh, from what I've heard, kind of have the same struggles where it's something that's still important to them and their values can still, you know, align with being spiritual or having like a greater power to believe in, but not feeling like you are welcomed in that environment is really challenging. How do you think that impacted you while growing up? Um, And I know you didn't come out until a couple of years ago, but is there a part of you that maybe knew there was some queerness in you and being in a church made you feel uneasy? Or do you think that impacted how like the length of time that it took you to come out? I think it did impact the the length it took me to to come out because I definitely knew around like 12 um, when I was first having those those stirrings of like, oh, that person's cute or like, Mm -hmm. oh, I have a crush on them. I remember walking down the hall with a friend of mine and we were holding hands and a girl and I was I just remember thinking like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. This feels right. Um, And I. I guess I just 
for a long time, I knew I was bisexual, but I claimed the straight, like, label um, because I was only dating men and because I only, like, saw myself with a a man long-term because that's all I was, like, allowed to see. Mm -hmm. Um, Classic compet, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. And then once I got out of college, because it was a Christian college, too, so there was, like, a lot of um, negative messages when it came to homosexuality. When I left college, that's when I really started... um, just being true to that that first stirring and starting to date women and just having a, a whole like exciting new world open up. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I actually recently talked to someone. Um, actually, the previous interview, um, one that's coming out soon, uh, talking about growing up religion religious and how like she had a lot of religious trauma that came with growing up and realizing some of the things that she learned, um, not only did that they not align with her values, but she felt like it wasn't really ethical practices. And I guess there's trauma that comes along with that. Do you feel like that's something that you can resonate with, that you feel like maybe there's some negative trauma that's associated with growing up in that way? Or do you have a different experience with it? Um, I definitely feel like there there is and was trauma Um related to how I grew up in the religious sense um a lot of it has to do with like purity culture actually Mm -hmm. where we just weren't taught consent that's like the biggest thing that I come back to where it was all you're going to want to do this you're going to want to do this you're going to want to do this don't do it but there was no information from the church which was like kind of the biggest influence for me um there was nothing about hey if you are in a situation that makes you feel uncomfortable here's what you do or um you know sex should be pleasurable for everybody involved Mm -hmm. like those messages were just never sent there was no um yeah, there was just, they just didn't cover consent at all. And that was really damaging for me because I ended up in an abusive relationship in high school where there was just a lot of things happening that I didn't want to be happening and didn't feel like I had any power or um, I felt like it was my duty to like continue with it. And that's just totally wrong Mm. um so I really that's like the most the most damaging part of Christianity to me I think was making me feel like um like I owed something to men and that Mm -hmm. I there was no discussion about consent and like no option to get out of a behavior that I didn't want to be happening or like no conversation about boundaries too and how that relates to consent. Cause a lot of yeah. what you're saying, so um I'm actually Jewish um by heritage. I don't really practice any religion. I didn't grow up religious, but um, and I think, you know, I'm grateful in the sense that my parents who are very liberal, coming out to them has been really great. But I also think that the 
conversations around consent and boundaries was never taught to me either or anyone I really know. And I also, so thank you for sharing a bit of your story there. I also um, fell into an abusive relationship when I was in college. Um, So I used to work in domestic violence. And one of the things that they talked Mm -hmm. about is that bisexual women specifically have the highest rates of being in abusive relationships or experiencing sexual assault. But um, I think it's so easy to fall into that. And people still don't really understand what consent means. And even outside of just sex that, you know, somebody breaking your boundaries of like, hey, I need some space to focus on this project. I can't really talk right now. That's a boundary in that, you know, a partner not being able to fulfill that is still crossing it. And that could be almost an abusive behavior that turns into something more significant. So I think the conversations around consent go outside of just sex. It's all about relationships and how you treat people. And I think that impacts so many people. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. And and it seems like, you know, now you're in a really wonderful relationship with Jacob and he's such yeah. a great guy. I'd love to kind of shift the conversation a little bit and talk more about your relationship with him and sure. being bisexual in a hetero relationship. Do you feel like he's been supportive? How have you had conversations around that? Um, so, yeah. Oh, my goodness. He's the most supportive. He so I knew I I met Jacob. 11 years ago oh wow um, yeah <laughs> um he was doing we were both doing a um a musical with co-host music hall Les Mis um yeah and that's how we met so we were 17 and I knew that he was like religious and at that age that was very like alluring to me I was like oh a good Christian boy (laughs) (laughs) sounds Um, hot yeah (laughs) yeah with like floppy hair and and boots and a truck (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was all very interesting because I was from the suburbs and so I had a crush on him and um he says he remembers the first time he heard me sing and that's when he had a crush on me and oh my god that's so cute it is cute especially (laughs) knowing him at that age I was like oh little baby Jake (laughs) I know but we went our separate ways um and then four years ago we actually went on a few dates because I would I would always match with him on like tinder and bumble and cupid and all the things that I was trying I would see Jacob there and I'd be like oh Jacob James okay there you go oh my <laughs> and, god remember okay cupid yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> oh what a doozy <laughs> anyways continue <laughs> and um so we we dated for like a couple weeks, but I was really looking for something temporary um, at the time. So that didn't last very long because I was like, on paper, this guy is like perfect for me. And I just don't really want that right now. I'd rather pine after this guy who just moved to Zambia. So I did that instead. <laughs> then... I ran into him downtown in Albany on my birthday um, two years ago, and I just saw his shoes when he first came in. So it was just black Converse, high top Converse, black jeans, and I'm like traveling up all the way up, and I'm like, oh my goodness, there are some very attractive people here, and this person's very attractive, and 
I don't know why I don't come here more often. And <laughs> I finally got to his face and I was like, oh, I know you. Oh. Hi. And so, he even had the bi wife energy outfit, it sounds like. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Something about men wearing like bi-ish outfits really, really get, get us all going. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yep. So I um, asked him out to a drink and yeah, then we started dating. Oh, that's great. So were you, um, when you first started dating, were you already out at that point? And did you have like a conversation with him? Like, hey, I'm bi, this is what it means to me. And, you know. I was already out actually. And he had seen my my Instagram and Facebook post. <clears throat> um, and he liked those. And um, I was a little worried because I knew that he, his like religious background um, and he was a Catholic at that point. So I was like, I don't know if this is going to be, <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing here. Um, but he asked me to a Halloween party with his friends and I went and I remember beforehand getting ready and just thinking like, what am I doing? I don't even know if this guy like has a basic respect for who I am and I'm going out with him. And, um, but I think it was a conversation we had like, pretty early on maybe the second or third date and I was just like hey so you know like I like women and other people also and is that okay and he was from the get-go just always he just really surprised me he he said yeah I think it's great that you're being fully who you are and I have no problems with it that's great do you think that he does, has he been like accepting of like if you've had queer crushes or just like, you know, being part of queer culture and talking about queer media? Has he been very open in that realm as well? Yeah, yeah, he has. I think early on we did have a conversation where I was talking about how I like craved sex with women and that was something that I could like see in my life that we'd have to somehow work around that mm -hmm. <laughs> um and he was at first really put off by that and just I think sad that he couldn't like be everything for me um and then the more that we talked about it um I think he just came to realize that it's not healthy to be everything to anybody and yes, I was just going to say that, that it's like impossible to be everything for one person. Exactly. And how it's really normal and a good thing to have connections with other people that highlight other parts of your life. And um, that conversation continued until we actually decided to be open. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say, I've totally seen you both on dating apps. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to get that out of the way, you know. Um, <laughs> so tell me about your experience being open, what that's looked like. Um, so it's great that you've had these conversations um, kind of leading into that until you both have felt comfortable with it. So what has that been like now? Yeah, so it's great. It's um he's so cute he's very nerdy as you know mm -hmm. and he also likes to run and those are two things that I don't really like we don't really connect on 
Oh, um, I hate running as well, even though I was in high <laughs> school, like gross. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's always excited when he matches with somebody and they're like super nerdy. He's like, oh, I can talk D&D with them. And I'm like, go for it, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's also a lot of different dynamics with open relationships, um, and I'm not super well-versed in it. I'm trying to learn a lot more about, like, what, you know, being polyamorous. Um, you know, you see mm-hmm. on dating apps that there's the couples that are looking for a unicorn together, and they want to date the person mm-hmm. together. And then there's people who are independently poly, and they are looking for their own relationships outside of their existing partnership. Um, so I guess, what has your experience been around that? How do you have those conversations when you do meet people? Yeah. Yeah. So we started on field actually, which is more um, couples looking. Um, And that had a good experience with that um, meeting somebody and sort of going on a group date, which was like a little strange, Um, but fun. It was fun. (laughs) And um, wait, what is this app called? It's you said field. Yeah. Field. Oh, okay, cool. I haven't heard of that. Okay. Oh, yeah. But lately, we've been going on solo dates and dating people solo. And um, yeah, dating solo is really fun, too. And we've been enjoying just like making connections that are different than the one we have with each other. Um, and it's really fun. That's great. Do you ever experience jealousy with that? And if so, like, how do you kind of work through that together as a couple? Yeah. No, jealousy is a normal emotion that'll come Mm up. Absolutely. I think a big thing for me is that Jake doesn't have very much free time right now. Um, He's got, he's in a musical, so he's got rehearsal four times a week. And then he's got other things going on. And really the only time that he has like a free day would be Saturdays and so I get a little bit jealous when he has dates on Saturdays because that's like that's like the only time I really get to see him (laughs) um right but the way that I've kind of worked around that is also having dates on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, I think even if you're in a monogamous relationship, having your own time to yourself um, is really helpful for those types of moments when like you don't have a lot of time for each other or they have another project that they're working on. It's like really important to make sure you're doing things on your own too without your partner. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, So with you know, dating and being on dating apps, do you find that people are like, do they have a lot of questions about you being in an open relationship? Are they, or are you meeting people who are also in open relationships? Um, It's a mix of both. It's, Mm -hmm. it's easiest when they're also poly. Like I had a date Mm -hmm. with somebody the other day who's, who's married and we spent so much time just like talking about our partners and like how much we love them and, um, it was really nice. It was nice to talk to somebody who like really understood mm-hmm. the position that we were both in and yeah. appreciated it. Um, but I always put um, that information in my profile so mm-hmm. people will know when they're swiping or when they're looking at the profile that that is um, my situation. Yeah. And I haven't I haven't actually had too many questions about it 
um, people pretty much understand. Yeah, I, I think a lot more people are, you know, open to those sorts of things and are, you know, openly polyamorous. So I think that it's just like in general, much more understood and, you know, understood. So, mm-hmm. um, so say if um, there's a person who is in a heterosexual relationship, but they kind of have the same feelings of like, you know, missing being queer or missing being with women, but they aren't, you, maybe their partner isn't necessarily interested in being in an open relationship. Do you have any recommendations on how a person can still, you know, uh, still feel queer or, you know, have those experiences with other people? Yeah. Yeah. I think a big thing is finding community. Mm-hmm. Um, in my friend group, there's only two straight people. <laughs> um, <laughs> mostly um, trans people and queer people. And so I think finding that community is really helpful to have like conversations about things that are important to you. Um, and also something you could do is like go out to a gay bar and like go dancing or, um, I mean, those are all things that you need to talk to your partner about like what, what they're comfortable with. But like, I think going dancing would be something that most people would be fine with. And, um, you could kind of get your queer on there. For sure. One thing, we both live in a very small city compared to like New York or Chicago or LA, you know, where um, there's a lot of different queer bars and, you know, spaces for queer people. And so how have you kind of built a friend group of mainly queer people? Um, I don't know. It kind of happened by accident. I guess I just, um, well, I moved in with my my friend Elise in... 2019 um in albany and she's a trans woman and we i think queer people just kind of find each other yeah and even if it's on dating apps i know i've talked about this before but i've made like friends from dating apps which is really fun i just feel like it's really been helpful especially during the pandemic because we weren't going anywhere and i that's like i came out right before the pandemic started so I couldn't, like, I had a, mainly a big group of straight friends. I mean, I've had some bi friends, but it wasn't until going on dating apps and putting myself out there virtually that I was able to meet a lot more uh, queer people. So, yeah, so I know we're we're getting close on time, but there is uh, one thing, Laura, that I did want to share with you that I find hilarious. And I, like, thought about this when I saw Jacob at that party. But um, one of my first queer crushes when I was really young um, that I didn't realize was a crush until I got older but I used to like I was like really obsessed with Jacob's sister (laughs) (laughs) and like I remember like I told I was like would tell people that like I think she's just really pretty and I want to be her friend which is like objectively (laughs) gay like and I was just like I love like I just want to be her friend because she's so pretty and I would it was my goal to be friends with her because I thought she was beautiful and I just like as an adult I'm like oh my god that was like a gay crush I love that oh that's so cute so you'll have to tell Jacob that I used to have a crush on his sister I will and I think she's like married now and has a kid she just had a kid yeah she's still beautiful so just saying but (laughs) she is um but I thought that was funny so um do you have any other recommendations for people who are um Maybe they're with a partner who doesn't, you know, 
understand their queerness or it's not something that they um, are easily able to accept. Break up. <laughs> that, yes, yes. Oh, really? Like, no. I think, like, be with somebody who understands you and and mm-hmm. wants to celebrate that. Yeah, 100%, because no matter, like, so first of all, if you're not with a person who accepted your queerness, yes, you're right, break up. But if you are with someone who's supportive and you're like kind of struggling with feeling queer enough that no matter who you're dating, you're always going to be queer enough. And it's just important right. that you're with someone who supports you. And exactly. now shifting a little bit, um, I want to like share how people can follow you and support the work that you do. Um, is there, do you have like Instagram or anywhere anyone can follow you? Yeah, you can follow my um, music Instagram at Sorrow Estate. Okay, great. Well, tell Jacob I said hi, and thank you so (laughs) much for joining today. I think it was a really great conversation um, about, you know, being in a hetero relationship and, you know, growing up religious. I think a lot of these things are a lot of things that bisexual people experience. So thank you so much, Laura. It was such a pleasure having you. It was so nice being on. Thank you so much to Laura. What a fun interview. I had such a blast talking to her. I think, you know, we had some really deep conversations, but we got to kind of be silly as well. So it was a lot of fun. Um, If you want to support the bi agenda, please follow us on bisexual behavior on Instagram. You can also follow me as well if you want to, you know, learn more about my life. I'm not that interesting, but you can follow me on Instagram at talia.tatiana. Um, If you have any questions, if you have feedback specifically, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, please email me or DM me on Instagram. Our email is bisexualbehaviorpod at gmail.com. And of course, the best way to support is to listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, subscribe and review. Your feedback is super important. Plus, it helps my podcast get more visible. And, uh, you know, that's that's a big plus. We love uh, bi visibility. I hope everyone has a great month. I hope uh, everything goes well with the election. I know that will be coming out before this episode is released, but I'm trying to put good vibes out there, trying not to uh, drown myself in my sorrows and anxiety, so that's fun. Uh, (laughs) But I hope you all have a good month, and we'll see you soon. Okay, bye!